Good evening. It is March 28th, 2021, and you are listening to Hockey on the Hudson. Welcome back, Ranger fans, uh, and thank you for listening to Hockey on the Hudson. I'm your host, Aaron Such. We have a great show for you tonight. Uh, lots to cover after tonight's game against Washington, uh, and obviously a lot has happened this week. Before we dive into the show, I'd like to mention that this episode of the Rangers Recap is powered by Anchor by Spotify. Anchor is a free platform for podcast creation that is very beginner-friendly. It contains tools that allow users to record and edit audio, arrange it into podcast episodes, publish podcasts to other listening platforms, and monetize content by collecting listener co- contributions or adding advertisements into episodes. So start today, visit anchor.fm and begin recording. Let's just dive into it. Uh, tonight, obviously a tough loss. Uh, the Rangers dropped this one 5-4. to four. Uh, David Quinn returns to the bench, and unfortunately the boys cannot welcome him back the proper way. Uh, but I got to give them credit. I mean, they battled back. I mean, the game started off pretty slow. I thought, I mean, it always is a, a battle with the Capitals. Um, you know, you go down 3 nothing in the second period. You know, going to the third, it's, it's a tough. It's a tough hill to climb. Um, but it's not impossible. What was, What felt like the nail in the coffin was giving up that fourth goal early in the third period. Um, the Rangers looked flat. Uh, they looked defeated after two. Um, but there was a spark of hope. Uh, Colin Blackwell, who continues to impress Ranger fans, scores back-to-back goals, makes the game 4-2. to two. I'll jump into him um, a little bit right after this recap. But, you know, 4-2 is, is a different game. It's a, whole, a totally different ballpark, especially with so much time left in the period. Um, I really thought the boys would come out respond very well, but unfortunately give up uh, another – Crappy goal, make it five to two. Um, down three goals with a. I don't, I don't want to say a whole lot of time left, but obviously nothing is possible. But and then they would prove that right. Uh, Lafreniere and Kreider would give us a lot of hope, a lot of hope with uh, plenty of time remaining on the clock, uh, making it five to four. The Rangers would pull the uh, goalie with plenty of time left, have plenty of opportunities, but unfortunately will fall short. Um, I've been saying it all year. I mean, the Rangers are due for a comeback game with the goalie pulled. We haven't seen that happen yet. Um, we've seen them obviously come back and rally um, and put up a lot of goals early on in games, but we haven't seen them get over that hump, especially when time is expiring and they're still down and sending a game to overtime. Um, kind of jumping back into Colin Black- Colin Blackwell continues to impress me. Um, like I said last week, the guy is probably one of the more underrated signings that we've had in years past. He's the type of signing that helps a team like this win. And not just win during the regular season, but win in the playoffs, especially in my opinion. Guys with this type of uh, um, veteran leadership, I know the guy has only played uh, I, what you would say in retrospect, a handful of games in the NHL. But the energy he comes out uh, every shift he plays hard. He goes hard in the corners regardless of his size. He plays with heart. And obviously, he's got a pretty underrated skill set. The guy can put pucks in the net. I mean, he's already almost at 10 goals this season. And for a four, what you would say a fourth-line guy, that's that's pretty strong. 
Um, I'm hoping that, you know, with another opportunity on Tuesday, the Rangers can tie the season series with the Capitals at three, a pop back at home. You know, it's always tough to win on the road, but going back to Madison Square Garden on Tuesday should be um, a good homecoming for the Rangers. Big news this week was Brennan Lemieux was traded to the Los Angeles Kings. Um, Pep, big fan favorite. I'm a big fan. I love the way the kid plays. He plays hard, um, and he brings a different type of energy, especially with his gritty and rough play. You know, a, what I have always felt is a necessity player on every team, and now with him gone, I don't really know where you get that energy from. Maybe Brendan Smith, maybe Strom at times, but guys like Kreider and Zabanjic, you know, they got to step up a little bit. Um, it's got to be a team mantra to kind of be, to start playing a gritty sense of hockey. Um, and I'm not saying that's much of a problem this year for us. I mean, I'm not saying that guys don't battle hard in the corners, but we do need to see some uh, grittier play. I'd like to see some of the younger kids develop that as well, especially Capo Caco with his stature. Um, I wouldn't say I would say that you know this move was probably for the best for both parties. And in, uh, in fact, the Rangers would tr uh, trade him um, in exchange for a fourth round pick. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, for starters, there's an impending logjam on the roster amongst the forwards. I mean, we have plenty of prospects that are due to come up. I mean, we've had guys like Gaudier uh, rotate in that fourth-line spot. I mean, we haven't seen much of Giuseppe this year because of it. Uh, guys that, you know, bring a, a different type of energy and a little bit more of offensive production for us um, who've kind of had a been sideline for a guy like Lemieux. Um but I think at this time, it makes the most sense. Uh, I mean, Vitaly Kravtsov, in my opinion, he's due to come over uh, at any moment from Russia. Um, guys like Morgan Barron, who I believe at some point will be called up to the roster maybe later in the season. But especially like right now, Howden and Deej are coming off the COVID list. They're going to return to the lineup. It's going to make things tough. I mean, where do you put all these forwards? We need, I mean, we not that we don't need all of them, but... Something's got to give. Um, and because of that, I mean, with the constant moving and shifting of the lineup, you know, the possibility of someone being a casualty of waivers is always a concern. You don't want to lose a guy for nothing. Uh, on top of it, you know, we have the expansion draft this offseason for the Seattle Kraken, obviously very exciting for the NHL and the league, um, and obviously in the fans of Seattle who would love to see some hockey. Um, the likelihood of you being selected was very high. I mean... The guy, like I said, has a lot of upside to him. Uh, and for a team that is brand new like Seattle, that's someone you want might want to bring in, for, especially as a third-line role player. Um, with this move, obviously, we have a lot more freedom uh, to move these guys around when uh, Kraftsoff joins us after his quarantine. Um, he'll be able to insert in the lineup, and there'll be room for him, and there'll be room for other of these other young guys to join in as well, especially as uh, years go forward. And as the years, as time goes on, had we kept him, I don't really know where he would fit in this lineup anymore, especially as the top three lines get more and more talented. Uh, the emergence of Blackwell and guys like Rooney, we'll see what uh, they do uh, for us in the future. I hope they keep him around. I think that they bring a different aspect to the game, especially when it comes to um, 
a veteran status. And I don't want to say veteran because obviously Panarin and Zamanja and Kreider have that status as well. But these are we're talking about role players here for us on the fourth line. In my opinion, fourth line is where uh, playoff games are won. Um, with this move, not only is there that roster freedom, but at least we're going to be reciprocated for the departure of Lemieux. I mean, had he been selected by Seattle, we obviously wouldn't get anything in return. Um, now we get a mid-round pick, which seems pretty fair. Um, obviously, he will be missed. Uh, Pep w was loved by a lot of Ranger fans, and we wish him the best in his career ahead. Refocusing things back onto this current roster, um, it's been an interesting week, obviously, for the boys. Um, getting a nice win this past week, 8-3 to three over the Flyers. Um, unfortunately, dropping the past two and hoping to rebound this Tuesday. Um, it was a little tough trying to pick a player of the week. But honestly, if I look at overall performance... Uh, it's it's no doubt in my mind, Adam Fox. I mean, he scored a goal this week as well as having 10 assists, making 11 points, and having a plus three, plus minus. You know, I think Adam Fox is making a case for the North Stroke this year. I think that if he's not the favorite, he's definitely the runner-up this year. And it's so impressive for a second-year defenseman. I mean, the kid's only 23 years old, but he goes out there and he plays like a veteran in all three zones. He has obviously a great offensive mind. Um, his passing skills, the way he sees the ice from the blue line is incredible. And the, what, and the way he can stick handle, whether it's up high and under pressure or even down low in the corners, I mean, he's, he's very elusive. Um, obviously, his offensive production is what ascended him into his top four role last year. But I think his defensive, side, his defensive game has improved exponentially this year. And not just that, I mean, he, in my opinion, I mean, I know Troop is supposed to be our guy, but Adam Fox is our best defenseman this season. You know, I think that he has proven that he is going to be an elite defenseman for us, and I think that's awesome as time goes forward. I mean, especially as his back six continue to develop with Keandre Miller and the hopes of guys like Nils Lundqvist and Matthew Robertson and Brayden Schneider as they hopefully join us. I mean, maybe even Zach Jones at some point this season. But Adam Fox is becoming a huge impact player for us, and I don't, I don't think that we win a lot of our games this year without him. He's the easy player of the week candidate for us. Uh, looking at the road ahead, uh, obviously the boys are looking to bounce back against Washington this Tuesday. Uh, back at home, Madison Square Garden. Um, we get a little bit of a lift in the schedule. Um, it is on the road, but we do have two games with Buffalo this week. It is a easier week for us with only three games uh, in the next seven days. Uh, that should lighten the load and give some guys some rest, hopefully. Um, and, I'm, and I really hope to see that. Maybe we can win these next three games, pick up some points, and start getting past this 500 uh, threshold. Start making a way up in the standings and start, you know, catching up to the Flyers. I mean, if we want to make the playoffs, obviously, you, we got to get to fourth. But instead of looking at it as we need a jump to fourth place, let's just look at it. Let's get past the Flyers first. And then we'll look at whether it's Pittsburgh or Boston or the Islanders or Washington in that next spot. And just slowly climb up. That's the way to do it. I don't think that looking at it as we need to get from sixth to third or sixth to whatever 
in a matter of games is the right mentality. I think it's obviously got to be slow for a team like us. You know, would a nice win streak help us this year? I think so. That'd be great. You know, if we were to, you know, break off maybe six or seven wins. But realistically, with such a young roster and us still trying to figure out some of the things when it comes to chemistry-wise um, when it come, uh, in the lineup, um, just, you know, going game by game, week by week, and trying to pick up as many points as possible as we go forward. Um, that's all for tonight. Um, thank you for tuning into Hockey on the Hudson. Uh, we'll have another show next Sunday. Um, as we prepare for the trade deadline in a couple weeks. Uh, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.